morning. Great to see you. It's always a pleasure to come up and share um, with you my thoughts and feelings and what God has been saying to me. So this morning is my opportunity to share with you my hero. <clears throat> and as you can see on the screen that way, it's uh, Jonathan. And I'll tell you a bit of why, a bit, um, of why I chose Jonathan. Um, so I've been coming to MKCC for several years. Some of you out there will have known me from when I was a little boy running around and getting up to no good. Um, and so I attended the youth group and grew up through the youth group. And we had a great youth pastor. We had a great youth group. We had, um, we had great messages. We did great trips, excursions, all those sorts of things that you'd expect from a fantastic youth group. That's what we had. But as I reflect over the years at what actually kept me in church, what kept me engaged, what kept me on my walk with God, I've got to admit, it wasn't the great messages that I heard. In fact, I can't really remember any of the messages that I heard. I know, shocking it is. It wasn't the great excursions that we did, although they were great. You know, we did some amazing things. It wasn't even the youth pastor who was, again, amazing. The thing that kept me engaged, the thing that kept me in church, was actually the relationships God put in my path. The people that he surrounded me with while I was growing up. Those are the things that, those are the people that kept me engaged and kept me in church. Because I know I would have drifted without them. Without those people that were here, that were edging me on, that were pushing me, that were challenging me. Those friendships, those are the things that kept me going. And so that's why today I'm looking at Jonathan because his relationship with David was an amazing one. I don't know if you've ever read the story of David and Jonathan, but it's an amazing story. And so today I want to share with you a little bit about why I've chosen him to be uh, to be my hero. So what do we know about Jonathan? Well, Jonathan was the son of King Saul. Um, he was a noble man, a man of true character. He was faithful to God. He was a brave man, a man of integrity. He was David's brother-in-law and best friend. But today I want to look at the loyalty and the sacrificial love that there was between David and Jonathan and their relationship as they went on throughout the years. You see, Jonathan chose to, to protect David uh, over his father. See, King Saul wanted to kill David as he grew jealous of how famous he was getting. And so today, that's what I'm going to be focusing on, the relationship between David and Jonathan. So the Bible talks about true friendship, and it describes it as a true friend is someone who sticks closer than a brother. And a friendship is that. A tr and it says that a true friendship is like having a rare jewel. And I think that's quite true. I think you can't find it everywhere. But when you do find it, it is so precious. And it's something that you need to keep hold of. It's something that you need to nurture. And as people, as we have been called to, to um, live out our life as Christians, we need to find these relationships uh, in there. So Rosie, my wife, she spoke a couple of weeks ago. And I, we enter friendships very differently. Rosie is what I would call a diver. She gets right in there. As soon as she meets people, she's there, she's friendly, she's arranging the next time they're going to get together. You know, our kids are going to have play dates already, and I've not even given my name yet. I'm a bit different. I'm more of a toe dipper. I like to check the temperature of what's going on. I like to see what's happening. I like to assess the situation. You know, I like to kind of think about what's happening before I might even give my name at first. Not really. I'm quite a friendly guy, and I'm friendly with everyone. But 
I'm quite a closed book. You won't really get to know me unless you kind of rub the surface a little bit more. I like to, I don't know, maybe I don't like being vulnerable. Anyone else out there a bit like me? Yeah, I like to kind of hold things back. Um, and so that's how I kind of make my, my, my friendships. But I can tell you now that I've got five friends that I know I could turn to at a drop of a hat if anything happened. I know that I've got them and that they're there. And they are precious to me, those relationships. So I want to look at three key passages from Samuel today, looking at the relationship between uh, Daniel, uh, sorry, Daniel, between David and, and Jonathan. So this, is, this, this first bit is just after David had killed Goliath. And it's in 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, 4 to, 1 to 4. And it says this, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And he looked at him, he loved him as his friend, as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant, a promise with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now this is quite significant because Jonathan growing up would have been rightfully the next heir to the kingdom. He would have been the next king. And here you see that Jonathan does something amazing. He takes off his tunic, he gives him his robe, he gives him his sword, he gives him his belt and, uh, and his bow. You see, Jonathan would have been growing up being taught that he was going to be the next king. It was his right. It was his, his next step in his, in, as, he, as he grew up. And so here you see that David's actually, sorry, Jonathan's hand, handing over something very important. Basically, he was saying that he recognized David, that he was going to be the next king. He recognized that he was going to be the next person in charge. And Jonathan, who basically handed over his birthright, that's what he was doing. He was handing it over to Jonathan. You know, he could have been a jealous man. If you saw someone coming in to take your place, to take your birthright, he could have been a jealous man, but that's not what he did. He handed it over gladly. He became one in spirit with him. In 1 Samuel 19, 1-3, it says, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. As much as Jonathan was King Saul's son, Jonathan was David's best friend. He was willing to go against his father for his friend, basically committing treason. That's what he was willing to do. He was willing to risk all. He was a brave man. He was using his wisdom. He was obedient to David's calling. 1 Samuel 20, 13 to 17 says, May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord called David's enemies to account. And Jonathan and had David reaffirm his oath of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Look at that intensity there. That's serious intensity. That's serious commitment. That's a serious oath there that Jonathan wanted 
from David. Do you know, this oath, I don't know if you've read the story, but as you read on, you see that this oath outlived Jonathan. As Jonathan died, David still promised to take care of his child, and he took his child on and adopted him into his family. What an oath to make and to keep it even when you've made that promise and that person is no longer there. So what qualities are we looking here? What qualities is that God intends us to have in our friendships? I'm going to break these down into four different areas. And the first one is a good friend is dependable. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born in adversity for adversity. You know, I believe people put God, God puts people in our lives. He, put, he puts people and places them in our lives because he wants them to be there. He wants us to be there for them. It's important that we have these relationships, but we, sometimes we just miss it. We just don't see it. And like I said, they are rare jewels. We need to be vigilant with these people. Jonathan knew the cost of being a friend to David. He knew that it was going to be a cost, and, but yet he was committed. At one point, Saul takes a, a spear and throws it at Jonathan to try and kill him because Jonathan had chosen David over him. There were consequences to this friendship, but yet he still went for it. He still stood there. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, if someone's throwing a spear at me, I might have to reconsider my relationship. When I was at school, I don't know what it's like now, and I don't know if you'll all relate with me, but when I was at school, you always knew something bad was going to happen. If you saw a group of students rushing to an area, you always knew it was going to be a fight. Someone was going to be involved in the fight. And I remember on one occasion, I'm standing at a bus stop, and I, I see this huge crowd, and I think, oh, someone is going to be in a fight today. It's not going to turn out well. Little did I know that I was the person that was going to be in this fight, and it wasn't going to turn out well. So I have two brothers who stand there confronting me, and I've got all these people surrounding me, and I'm like, this is not going to go well for me. Two people in the crowd is it's like an animal. It was like a cage, and you know, I'm caged in. And these, and these two brothers are standing there. And I remember, whilst this was happening, all of a sudden, someone pushes through the crowd. And it's my friend, and he stands beside me, and he comes up with this great one-liner. If you want to get to him, you're going to have to come through me first. That was a special moment. That was a special moment. Not only because I'd made, I could see that I had a great friend, but also because I knew we could do this. As I'm sure you're all pleased to know, we didn't fight. The teachers got there first, and everyone absconded and ran. Um, but it was like one of those Hollywood moments, and I knew at that point, you know what? He had my back. I believe that Jonathan and David, that's the kind of relationship they had. They had each other's back. That's the kind of relationship God calls us to have. We need to have those friends where we have each other's backs. And for those of you who are fast and furious friends, this is what the, the, the statement I love. We ride together and we'll die together. And that's the kind of relationship Jonathan and David had. But also to have a dependable friend, we need to be truthful with each other. Sometimes it's difficult to speak the truth, but actually we need it. Proverbs 27:17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's the kind of friendships we need. The next, a good friend will make sacrifices. Now, I touched on this earlier, that Jonathan basically gave up his birthright to be friends with David. It says this in John 15, 3. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. 
And that's what Jonathan had done. He'd laid down the life that had been prepared for him, for David. Now today, I'm not sure whether any of us are going to have to lay our lives down for our friends. But actually, it is going to, there are going to be costs. You know, true friendship may cost you time. It might be finance. It might be your status, your popularity. It may even cost you another relationship. But effectively, that's what Jonathan did. He stood before his father for David. So I bought Rosie a very expensive ring once. I don't know if I've got it on screen or not. Uh, possibly not. But I bought, him, uh, I, bought, sorry, I bought her a really expensive ring. And to buy that ring, it cost me time. It cost me a lot of money. It cost me some of the things that I enjoyed doing to get for Rosie. But I knew it was worth it because it was valuable. And as time's gone on, Rosie's looked after that ring and she's taken care of it. And, she's, and as she's done that, it's become more valuable to her. It's become more precious to her. And I think that's the same with our relationships. We need to value, we need to take time, we need to look after these relationships because then it becomes more precious. And I used the word sacrifice in the beginning, but actually, is that the wrong word? Maybe we should be looking at the word investment. We invest in our friends rather than we sacrifice. I guess that would change the way that we see our friends when we invest in them. We invest in that relationship. A good friend is loyal and trustworthy. It says in Proverbs 27, 6, Wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. From the day Jonathan made his oath to David, he was loyal and trustworthy. Everything he said he would do, he did. He stood before his father to defend him. That would have been quite easy to have said, you know what, this is a little bit too much heat for me. I'm going to kind of step away from this. But actually, no, he continued. He was loyal and trustworthy. Event, uh, ultimately, David had to trust Jonathan with his life. And Jonathan trusted David to keep his promise, even when Jonathan died. Loyalty and trust for me is so integral to any relationship. When I call you my friend, it means I'm loyal. It means I'm trustworthy. I will do as I say. I will keep your confidence. And I expect the same from my friends. Proverbs 18.24 says this, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I think that's the example that we need to have in our lives. Good friends focus on the heart. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. From the very beginning, and as I read, Jonathan and David's heart connected. They found each other and they connected. It was, below, it was far deeper than those superficial friendships that you can sometimes find, where when the tough goats gets going, that mate that you called friend has gone. It's important that our friendship needs to be deeper than that surface level. It needs to go far deeper. It needs to cut deeper. I've got a really good friend who uh, I made when I was 18, so now 20 years later. And I was at, in youth, in fact, when I met this, this person. And we've had our ups and downs. We've had laughter. We've had tears. We've had deaths. We've had marriages and multiple births, five between us. But it's been a sacrificial friendship, and it goes below the surface. When I meet with him, we ask questions of each other that are below, much deeper. We push each other, we encourage each other, we rebuke each other when it's needed. 
And that's the kind of friendship that we need. It's an intentional, intentional friendship. Jonathan was intentional about the relationship that he had with David. We don't live in a perfect world, but there's no reason why we can't aspire to be like that. That's what God has called us to be. That's what we need to be. The Bible is clear about our relationships, that they need to be true friendships. It involves, involves, involves loyalty, sacrifice, dependability, and an emotional attachment. For me, this has really guided me over the years as I've built my friendships and I've, I've made a bond with the people that I have. My challenge to you today is you need to be the friend that you're looking for. You need to be intentional about where you place yourself and the people that you connect yourself with. These things don't come about by accident. We nurture them. And like I said, when we find that rare jewel, we need to hold them. We need to keep them tight. We need to look after them. See it as an investment, not as a sacrifice. Thank you.